Hello friends, welcome to Village Idiots for Christ Podcast, Nuts for Jesus and Just Plain Nuts. We are in 1 Corinthians 15 today, and it is one very, very long chapter, 58 verses here, so um, probably try to break it into two parts, depending on how easy it is to explain today. So we like to go line by line, precept by tre- precept, verse by verse, and so um, just getting the word out in its raw form to you, so we just enjoy that, because the word is, the word is everything, so amen. Anyway, let's just jump right on here. Uh, The Resurrection of Christ, chapter 15, 1 Corinthians. Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. Um, Now, brothers, I remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and have taken your stand. We take our stand on the gospel of what? Jesus Christ. We're we're pinning all of our hopes on Jesus, on his blood, on his resurrection. It's all we have, and that's all we're ever going to have. It's just Jesus, and that's where we're always going to take our stand. So it's the gospel. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. We have to endure to the end. You can't quit. You can't give up. You can't. You're going to have bad days. You're going to fall short. You're going to get angry. You're going to fall into sin. But the point is, when you once you get up, once you've fallen down, you get back up. You deal with the Lord. You talk to the Lord about it. You repent if you need to. You cry out for mercy and for help. Whatever you need, God's got whatever you need. But don't give up, especially in this hour. We're so close to the end of the race. You know, I just heard today Israel is... It's on the 17th of May right now, uh, Tuesday, 17th. I just saw a report that Israel's putting Iran on notice. Iran's like a week or two from the bomb. And so we are close to the end of things. So don't give up. Don't quit. Hold on. Endure. A day at a time, a minute at a time, a second at a time. Whatever you need, God will be there for you. Don't quit. Amen. Um, Hold firmly to the word that Paul has preached to us through through the Bible. For what I received, I passed on to you as first importance, that Christ died for our sin, according to the Scriptures, that he was buried and he was raised on the third day, according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Over 500 people witnessed Jesus Christ. Now, this is a this is a scripture people don't talk about much. You know, we talk about the apostles seeing Jesus and him breaking bread with them, showing up supernaturally. But 500. Now, let's let's read that again. Let, let's start again. What I received, I passed on to you of first importance. This, what we're talking about today, is of first importance. This is what we stand on. This is everything. This is of first importance, which means it's at the top, the most important. That Christ died for our sins. We know that Christ died for us. Okay, let's break it down. According to the scriptures, the Bible declared that he would die for our sins. Psalms 53. um, I mean, Isaiah 53, Psalms 22, Psalms 2. There's a lot of places in the Bible where he talks about him dying. Uh, that he was buried and was raised on the third day, according to the scripture. Here's important. Okay, we know that Jesus died and was buried. 
Why is his resurrection so important? Do you know that? Do you know what the reason is? I, I know most of you people out there know, but it's worth asking because, you know, you hear about this resurrection and coming back from the dead. Why is that so important? Why do we even have to believe that Christ, you have to believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead to be saved? Why do we have to believe in the resurrection? Because that is the proof of his sinless life. The sin, if he had had his own sin, the grave would have held him. But the fact that he died for our sin in our place, once he atoned by his blood for our sin, then the grave could no longer hold him. That's why his resurrection from the dead is his proof of his godhood. It's his proof of his sinless life. It's his proof of uh, of his that that he is the savior. And it's again according to the scriptures. The scriptures declare that he would rise from the dead, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. So. Again, we're we're breaking this down, Father. But he appeared to Peter and then the twelve. And then and then this verse six. This is so important. After that, because again, eyewitness testimony is so important. And that's the trouble in this hour is people are going to be looking for eyewitness testimony instead of trusting the scriptures, but they're going to be and that's why Antichrist is going to be so appealing. He's going to be eyewitness testimony on two legs. He's going to be performing false signs, miracles, and wonders, and he is going to and people are going to see it live right in front of them, either right there or on television. He's going to be doing all these things right before men. And they're going to go, wow, this is eyewitness testimony. Yeah, but eyewitness testimony of the wrong testimony. So, again, but this here, what it says here in verse 6. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time. Now, I don't know. Let's see, verse 6. Let's see if that tells when that happened. Um, no, it does not. I thought it might have that in there because that's interesting. But, um, let's see. When five believers of whom are still alive. Okay. Um, but again, there he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at Sam, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep or have died. So, again, at one time, Jesus appeared to 500. Again, eyewitness testimony. Man, I mean, none of us has seen Ben Franklin, none of us has, has met um, uh, Abraham Lincoln, but we trust the eyewitness testimony of the people that lived and wrote about him that it's true. The same thing with Jesus. We trust what we read here, that the eyewitness testimony of these men who saw Jesus alive after he died on the cross, it's true. Amen. Uh, the, the, verse 7, Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all he appeared to me as one abnormally born. <laughs> so he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all to me as one abnormally born. And he's going to explain what it means that abnormally born in the next verse, verse 9. For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. I worked harder than them all, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it was I... Whether then it was I or they, this is what we preach, and this is what you've believed. Amen. Paul went from Saul the terrible to Paul the apostle. Paul, the, the fear of the people, when that's why when they wanted to bring Paul to church, people were terrified. You can't bring Saul here. What are you talking about? That guy's killing off the church. But again, he was the least of the apostles and does not even deserve to be called an apostle because he persecuted the church of God. By the grace of God, I am what I am. Isn't it amazing? God took this guy tormenting the church. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He went from taking Saul the terrible to Paul the apostle writing a third of the New Testament. Isn't it amazing? 
And God can take any, any God can make good out of anything. It's amazing. So again, uh, whether then it was I or they, this is what we preach and this is what we believe. This is we believe Paul's testimony here in fifteen about who Christ is. Amen. Uh, verse twelve, and there's adding the resurrection from the dead. Here we go. But it, if it is preached that Christ has been if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how come so, how can some of you say there is no resurrection from the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. Yeah, there was um, uh, the the they had the Pharisees, the Sadducees. These different sects believe different things about about the afterlife and resurrection, things like this. So some people were pre were preaching there is no resurrection from the dead. But, but Paul says, wait a minute, if there's no resurrection, even Jesus isn't resurrected. If there's no resurrection, how can Jesus himself be resurrected? He couldn't be. So there is. Jesus is the proof of, the, of our resurrection from the dead someday. Amen. Um, uh, if, if then Christ is, if, and if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. See? Everything in our faith hinges on the resurrection of Jesus Christ, hinders on the fact that he was sinlessly perfect, hinders on the fact that he put our sin away, that on the cross he wiped out our sin, it was atoned for by his blood, and then death, hell, and the grave could no longer hold him. Once he accomplished his work in hell, uh, setting the captives free, taking the keys of death and hell from Satan, once he conquered in hell, after three days he was resurrected from the dead. Amen. And see, so everything hinges on your belief of resurrection. If you do not believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you are not saved. Period. Again, if Christ, again, um, if Christ has not been raised, your faith, faith is futile. Again, so, uh, again, our faith is futile if Christ hasn't been raised from the dead. And you are still in your sins. See, if Christ hasn't been raised from the dead, we are still in our sins. You are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ or have died in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied above all men. Man, powerful words here. Man. And that, but Paul goes, but Paul says, watch this, verse 20. And Paul makes the declaration. Here it is. Watch this. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Isn't that cool? He's the first fruit. He's the firstborn among the dead. He's the first of the resurrected, and and uh, uh, and he is the first fruits. He's the he's the foretaste of what's coming to all of us who are in Christ. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes through also through a man the the first adam death came through the first adam and resurrection and life resurrection life comes through jesus i am the resurrection and the life he who believes in me though he die he will never die so death came through adam resurrection life comes through jesus amen for as in adam all died so in christ all will be made alive isn't that amazing so in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. If you're, whoever's in Christ is going to be made alive forever. He's going to be resurrected as he was. But each in his own turn, Christ the firstfruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. <laughs> Man, when he comes back with the rapture of the church, then though, again, first Christ is the firstfruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. That's the rapture of the church. Again, when he returns... To take his take his bride away. Those in the ground are resurrected from the dead first, and then we who are alive will be caught up. It, it be and it's it's not. I don't even know if it's considered a resurrection. Us being caught up into the sky with him, 
being harpos caught up, um, uh, being translated up into the sky, but we're going to be instantly transformed to mortal, from mortal to immortal. I don't know if that's considered a resurrection because there's no actual death there, but it is definitely a transformation, no doubt about that. Um, then comes then also, then then the end will come when he hands over the. I love this. This is so good. Watch this. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. He must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For he has put everything under his feet. Now that when it says everything has been put under him, it is clear that this does not include God himself, who put everything under Christ. When Jesus has done this, then the Son himself will be made subject to him or the Father, who puts everything under him so that God may be all in all. Wow. Powerful stuff. We'll break that. We're going to take, I wanted to, I had to read the whole thing in context, but let's break it down. Okay, so. Then, when, then the end. Uh, so after the resurrection of the dead, after we're taken up, and the and the dead in Christ are raised first, and then we are caught up in the sky, First Thessalonians, and and here in First Corinthians, um, um, then when then he, when he um, let's see, then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom of God the Father after he destroyed all dominion, power, authority. So once Jesus has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. He returns to the earth. He destroys the Antichrist, the armies of the devil, all this. Once he destroys all dominion, authority, and power of the devil, of course, speaking of the demonic realm, then he hands the kingdom over to his father. And his father is all in all. Oh, it's just the one, the, the way they prefer each other. And you go back to Psalms 139. It says, it says, I think it's 139. It says that God himself, the Father, has exalted his word above his own name. So Jesus, uh, God exalted G Jesus, his word above his own name, above his the name of Yahweh or Jehovah, whatever you want to call him. So so God exalted him above his own name, and here's Jesus heading the kingdom. The way they humbly themselves before each other, the way they... Where they um, um, they prefer each other. It's just beautiful. The humility God has is unsurpassed. Again, for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. And that great death is going to be destroyed. Death itself will be thrown into the lake of fire. Death and hell will be thrown in the lake of fire. For he has put everything under his feet. Amen. Everything, including death, will be put under Christ's feet. And when it says everything has been put under him, it's clear that this does not include God himself. Of course, God put everything under Jesus' feet. Of course, God isn't put under there. He wouldn't even put himself under there. <laughs> they just Paul wanted to make sure people got this. Um, who put everything under Christ. When he has done this, then the Son himself will be made subject to him who put everything under him so that God may be all in all. So, it's, so Father, Son, Spirit, all one. And the father and the son and the and the son and the spirit are going to be subject to the father forever, but again, it's a love relationship. This isn't a God ruling over the father ruling over the son hard or not. It's nothing like that. But but there's an order, and this is the order: Father, Son, Holy Spirit. There's an order here, and this is this is the biblical order that Paul's describing here. Now, if there is no res now, if there is no resurrection, what will those who are baptized? What will what will those who what will those do who are baptized for the dead if the dead are not raised at all why are people baptized for them and as for us why do we endanger ourselves every hour let's stop there let's do the baptism thing here um let's see give me a second there um uh, <laughs> 
Um, some believers were baptized on behalf of others who had died unbaptized. Nothing more is known about this practice, but it obviously affirms a belief in resurrection. Amen. Paul is not promoting baptism from the dead. He is illustrating the argument that resurrection is a reality. So let's read. And the, I think the Mormons practice this. There are some groups that practice uh, baptism of the dead. But again, we know, no, other than these couple of verses here, we know nothing about this practice. There is Now, if there is no resurrection, what will those who are baptized, what will those do who are baptized for the dead? If the dead are not raised at all, why are people baptized for them? So they connected the baptism and the resurrection as well together. But again, we don't understand this baptism for the dead thing. As for us, okay, so again, just a mystery scripture. Like Peter said, I don't understand everything Paul says. So even Peter himself said this. Uh, as for us, why do we endanger ourselves every hour? I die every day, or I die daily. I mean that, brothers, just as surely as I glory over you in Christ Jesus our Lord. If I fought wild beasts in Ephesus for merely human reasons, what have I gained? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought, and stop sinning, for there are some of you who are ignorant of God. I say this to your shame. Wow. We're going to stop there, but I'm going to break all that down. Then I'll do 35 through 58 day after tomorrow, because tomorrow's Re Re Revelation Wednesday. All right, so let's let's uh, let's jump in here. Verse 31. I die, let's see, no, verse 30. Uh, but as for us, why do we endanger ourselves every hour? I mean, there was a cost to these cats preaching the gospel. They endangered themselves every hour. A lot of them, were, most of the... Most of the, well, most of the apostles were were martyred. They tried to kill John the Baptist. I mean, uh, the apostle John. He wouldn't die, but uh, they endangered themselves every hour. I mean, it was there was a cost to preaching the gospel in the the heavy pagan world they were in. Um, uh, I die every day, or I die daily. I mean that, brothers, just as surely as glory over you in Christ Jesus our Lord. So his his he was out there every day. Suffering for the gospel. He was laying it on the line every day. Amen. If I, fought, if I fought wild beasts in Ephesus for merely human reasons, what have I gained? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we, tomorrow we must die. See, again, uh, and I don't understand the uh, fought wild beasts in Ephesus. Uh, let's see. There's no other posh fought wild beasts, but rather, okay. So, again... Um, Paul laid it on the line every day, and 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 the times we're coming into, depending on when the Lord takes us out of here, we all may be called to make a sacrifice. We all may be called to lay our lives, to even lay our lives down for the gospel. It's what we may be called to. And we need to, you need to get beyond the fear of death. You need to get to, beyond the fear of all these things, and trust God that He'll get you through all this, um, because He will. He will not let us be tested or tempted beyond what we can stand. He'll never leave us or forsake us. He's with us. He'll be with us in the fire and in the flood. He's not going to let us down in that hour. When we need him most, he's not going to abandon us. The grace of God will be on us so thick we'll be able to go through anything. Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Watch out who you hang out with. So simple. Come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. For there are some some who are ignorant of God. I say this to your shame. So there was a, there was obviously a sin problem going on there. And, um, and they were struggling, uh, but Paul was saying, you know, you know, basically saying, "Hey, repent," um, and uh, 
And again, and for there are some of some of you, there are some who are ignorant of God. These people, some of these people weren't even aware of God, didn't understand God and what he, what it was all about. So, I'm going to stop there today. I hope that was a blessing to you. Um, Paul, uh, Paul, just laying it on the line, you know. Um, uh, again, the resurrection of Christ, the resurrection is so important. We truly have to believe Christ was raised from the dead. Without without fail, and uh, and so I I encourage you. I know you believe this, but it's uh, it's it's uh, it, it's amazing. You know the fact that he was dead and now he's alive again to die ne to never die again. So anyway, love you, love you. Can't get enough of you. I hope this was a blessing today. I'm sitting in my truck today. It's cool enough outside, so I'm sitting in my truck enjoying this and saving the company fifty bucks today. Not bragging, just talking. So. Love you, love you, can't get enough of you. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a blessed day.